Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. America! The Nightcap. Hey, man! USA, baby! Woo! That's what America's all about, T. Right here, this is the USA! Oh, relax. Oh, I'm gonna sit through Oh, you gonna throw with me? What? Little actor boy, you wanna Back go to the Patriots? Get your bed. Get in your van and go, okay? Because I'll throw down. I'll throw down any day of the week. Get your little van and drive out of my face, okay? Before I go to America, all over here. Nobody can stop the USA. Yeah. But that's not I am talking about freedom, about choice. America, I don't think you need to worry. Because if you want to beat China, you will. If you don't, that's fine. That, my friend is your victory. Who do you play for? Play for the United States of America. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Happy 4th of July weekend. It's the Nightcap. Joe DiBiase here on WGR. Fired up for the long weekend. Got a brief show tonight, half hour, going to 7.30, leading you into Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final. Was on earlier from 12 to 3. You got me again for another little brief edition of the Nightcap. And then you'll get more of me on Tuesday and Wednesday. I'll be hosting 12 to 3 following Sal Capaccio. We're filling in for the Instigators and One Bills Live. You know, I had some fun stuff in the works for tonight. I think that uh, we might get to one of them, with it being 4th of July weekend. little American spirit in everybody right now. And, you know, I like to, I like to play around with the history of the Buffalo Sabres when it comes to nationalities. I am the guy who wants to get, put a, together a Sabres World Cup when, of course, we were in the midst of a nine-month offseason, you miss hockey. It's like, yeah, let's play some simulated games. How are we going to build some teams? Let's do it by nationality. And once upon a time, I had to build a Team USA for the Sabres. Uh, I might run that down at some point tonight. It's been a while since I visited with that. Um, I do want to talk some hockey, though, today because I was mainly focused on football from 12 to 3. I had some good guests. Connor Rogers from Bleacher Report. Um, Kate Mad. Kate Majuk from Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Kate 
if you missed that interview, go catch it on demand at WGR550.com in the Odyssey app. Kate had some good stuff on Zach Moss. Some really good stuff on Zach Moss. And you know what? I've got a big fantasy football draft on Monday, and I do not end up with Zach Moss or Devin Singletary ever. I don't think I've had either one throughout their entire careers. And mainly, the reason for that has been, and this is not just a fantasy point, this was why I was against drafting Travis Etienne in the first round of the NFL draft. The Bills, to their credit, don't use running backs. They use them less than anybody in the league. In fact, the Bills use running backs less than any team I've ever seen. They don't throw the ball to the running back. They don't turn around and hand the ball off to the running back. They have the highest volume passing offense in neutral game script situations in the NFL. They don't use running backs at the goal line even, which is almost assumed in the NFL that you would do that. But they have one of the two quarterbacks in the league that are used as red zone runners. Cam Newton is that in New England, and Josh Allen is that here in Buffalo. So where does the value come from? Because I've always liked Singletary as a player. I just don't think he's fit the role the Bills have tried to put him into. But I've always liked Singletary as a player. As a between-the-tackles, first, second-down runner, I think he's a pretty good player. And kind of the same thing for Zach Moss. I'm intrigued with him as a between-the-tackles, first, second-down runner. Both guys very elusive. Moss was the second most elusive running back in his draft class. Singletary, we see the quick cuts, the quick jump cuts, making linebackers miss in tight spaces, making defensive backs miss. Side-to-side ability, Singletary's got it. And on Moss, the numbers say that he's got it. So, why would, but why would I ever draft them in fantasy? Because there's no touchdowns. There's no receptions. They're getting, if you're lucky, seven, eight carries a game. Why would I do it? Kate made a couple of good points that I think relate to a different conversation up that are about Josh Allen more so than they are about the Bills running backs and fantasy football. But using fantasy football and Zach Moss to set this up for Josh Allen... It kind of led me to this. Where could you get value in Zach Moss? Moss is... He's got quick feet, but he is... What is he more known for? What do you think of when you think of Zach Moss, the running back? You think of powerful. You think of hard to tackle. You think of Marshawn Lynch-type capabilities. At least stylistically. You can kind of think of Marshawn Lynch, right? That you just... It is... It is a pain in the butt to get that guy down to the ground. And that's the type of player that typically in the NFL you give the ball to in and around the goal line. And that's how he gets touchdowns. And that's where the fantasy points come from. But Allen, Josh Allen's always been the guy getting those touchdowns. He's been the guy getting that work. QB draws, QB sweeps, the scrambling itself. It's no accident that since he entered the league, he's got more rushing touchdowns than Ezekiel Elliott. He's got more rushing touchdowns than almost every running back in the league. He shouldn't have just used Elliott for that. There's like three guys that have more than Allen. He's one of the most effective red zone runners in the sport. But the one of the points Kate made 
was how long are the Bills going to want to use Allen that way? How long when everybody's in a stacked box, when you're in tight quarters down by the red zone, you've got a lot of big guys on the field a lot of times, maybe more so than usual, maybe you got an extra defensive lineman, an extra linebacker, that's more typical once you get in and around the 5-10 to yard line. Do you want Allen being subject to hits down there when you have Zach Moss? And Kate's point was there's a chance the Bills say, you know what, how much of a difference do we think there will be in the regular season if we just don't run Allen anymore? We don't go for those rushing touchdowns for Allen. We'll do it in the playoffs, but let's save it for the playoffs. Let's make sure that there's no injury that's going to happen because we let him run it at the 6. Let's take that off his plate. Let's keep him safer. Because, in reality, how much do the Bills need that? If you told me right now they took all designed Allen runs out of their playbook for the red zone for the regular season, I'd still have the Bills winning the AFC East. I'd still have the Bills winning 12-13 games. I'd still have the Bills challenging the Chiefs for the one seed. And I'm not saying take it out when the games matter most. You know, it, it don't don't write it in ink. If there's a week 16 game, week 17 game, I guess I should say, where the Bills, if they win, they clinch the one seed. And it's a tight game down the stretch. And you want to give Allen the ball on the goal line? Of course. Of course do it. When it comes playoff time, you want to run Allen at the goal line because you think that's your most effective play? Of course, do it. But... Don't do it in week four against the Texans. Don't do it when you play the, the, the Patriots week 13 if they're out of the playoff mix. Don't do it against the Panthers or the Falcons. What's the point? Why? Why do you really need to do it? Hand the ball to Zach Moss. And that could be where his, his increased opportunity comes. Because I could see the Bills thinking that's a good idea. Kind of sounds like a good idea to me, and I'm typically never the guy that wants to take rushing opportunities away from Josh Allen. It's part of what makes him a special talent in the league. So I don't really want to take it away from him, but maybe it's the smart thing to do. And that could be said for all rushing opportunities. How much do the Bills want him running the ball and taking hits? He's built like a truck, and... He's been healthy through his Bills career. His only injury so far is getting hit in the pocket, is getting hit on the elbow. And league studies have shown that there is not really an increased probability of injuries scrambling outside the pocket and taking off running. So the math would tell you that maybe there is no difference at all. Maybe there's no point at holding him back. But... I don't also see what the upside is. Because again, I don't think this team is any different. If you take the goal line opportunities away from Allen, you give them to Zach Moss. And in turn, I think maybe you take a portion of the rushing away in general. Just to be extra cautious. Just to be extra cautious. And then you let it go full speed ahead when it comes playoff time. You're really, you're saving your best pitch. It's not their best pitch, I guess. Allen throwing the ball 
is their best pitch. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an added pitch that you've got. And you want to pull it out at come playoff time, you should do that. But do I, when, when you're beating the batter anyway, when you're up 3-1 in the count, you don't need to pull the pitch out that you rarely, that you rarely pull out. Is that a good example? Again, I'm not a baseball guy. That might have been a terrible comparison there uh, for all I know. But I think the point is maybe there is some hidden value in Zach Moss because maybe the if the Bills see more out of him and he comes in and he's healthier this year. Remember he had turf toe at the beginning of last season. That could have been a nagging injury all year. He got an increased snap count as the season progressed. He was taking over, and you could even argue he did take over the starting running back position. So if that happens again, and Moss looks good, and the Bills just say, why don't we just let him run it at the goal line when it, in the red zone? That's hidden fantasy opportunity for Zach Moss. He's not going to get the catches. He's not going to get the high volume of rushing attempts. But maybe there's touchdowns to be found there. And maybe that's a slight change to the Bills' offense that could be on the way that we haven't seen in past years. I said I was going to talk hockey, and then I just went down the rabbit hole there of uh, the Zach Moss, Josh Allen rushing uh, ability thing. But I got, you know, just under 10 minutes to go, and I, we got to get out of here because we got to get you to Montreal and Tampa Bay. We're going into the weekend, and it's po- it's possible. It's possible that this Eichel trade could happen any moment. Could happen in 10 seconds. Could happen in 10 days. Could happen in 25 days. Could happen in a year, for all I know. But of course, there's a chance this is the last time we speak before that trade happens. If one does. And I just want to say that it is, we're so, we want to turn the page. We want to think forward. We want to think about winning. And if you look back, 99% of it is bad. 99% of it is negative. And it, it's so hard to look back and not think that way because this is, we've been so down in the dumps for so long that how do you dig out of that? Well, how you dig out of that is you think about change and you think about new young pieces that have not let you down yet. You think about, hell, Trevor Zegers looks exciting. Owen Power is going to be really good. Hey, if we get our hands on William Eklund, that's fun. It's not fun to look back most of the time. But I just want to get it out there that Eichel is one of my favorite Sabres I've ever watched. Him as a player, he, I think, is the most talented Sabre I've ever watched. I am 26 years old. I did not watch LaFontaine. I did not watch McGillney. I did not watch Perot, Robert, Martin, Danny Gare. I don't have that to pull from. I've got Briere, though. I've got Drury, Shatan, Brian Campbell, Vanek, Pominville. There are guys. Eichel's the best one I've seen. That's why it sucks so much that we're here. Because it goes back to the tank. For me, it's it goes back to the tank. I was so into it. I was so into the idea. I loved the logic. And I was so proud of the Sabres fan base that they had the wherewithal to understand what was happening. 
and they were able to think forwardly. They were able to realize that, because not all fans are like this. Casual fans, what do I what do I mean by casual fans? The guy that just shows up to the game just to, to hang out, to watch the team, but he doesn't really know who, you know, he doesn't know who Jack Quinn is. He doesn't know who your top prospect that's not on the team is. He might not even know every guy on the team. That guy's always going to root, show up and root for the Buffalo Sabres. And what they would think is rooting for the Buffalo Sabres is rooting for them to have a higher score at the end of the night. I was so damn proud of this fan base for realizing that on a night-to-night basis, rooting for the Buffalo Sabres was rooting for them to lose. And I had always said and thought that even if you weren't doing it on purpose, if you didn't really understand what was going on, rooting for them to win that season was rooting against the Buffalo Sabres. And that season went by, and it was a fight, right? Everybody was going back and forth. It was a war zone. Saber fans were split. It was it was ugly at times. And Eichel was Eichel was the the child of all of that. He's the guy that showed up. He was born out of that. And he was just so good even from the get-go. Remember the first night? Remember Ottawa? I was in the building. They lost that game. 2 to 1, I think. They lost that game. An opening season game to the Senators, who were nobody at that point. Not like the Danny Heatley Senators. Like, who was even on that Senators team? Bobby Ryan? We didn't care about them. And they lost. And everybody walked out of that building thinking, oh my God, we're going to win a Stanley Cup. We're going to win a Stanley Cup. This guy's going to take us to the promised land. And then, the next week, He's scoring highlight reel goals against the Blue Jackets. Steals the puck at the blue line. If you if you know the goal, you know exactly the play I'm talking about. He steals the puck at the blue line. He roars down the left wing. He rips a wrist shot from the wall, top corner, and in. That night, we're all thinking, this guy, this guy is going to lead us places. And... He continued to show up. He continued to play well. He continued to rise from not never McDavid level, but he went from very promising second-line center in the league. I mean, that's really what he was his first year, right? 56 points in 81 games as a 19-year-old. He was a good second-line center in the NHL. It's like, all right, Jack. Because you are the face of the franchise. We get traded a season to get you. Now, let's let's see you step up. And he kept stepping up. He was hurt the beginning of the next year, but the points per game pace went up. The scoring chances went up. The reputation went up. That happened again the next year. And then we were like, all right, can you start to score a little bit more, though? Can we get over a point a game player? Because it's really... You got to at least be a point of game player if you are going to be a legit top center in the league. We need you to at least do that, let alone take another step forward to MVP caliber. And he did. Point of game player, 82 points in 77 games as a 22 year old. And then, of course, 2019 20. He did everything on the ice he possibly could 36 goals, 42 assists. 
78 points in 68 games. An MVP candidate in the winter, which died off when the Sabres were out of contention. What else? He, I don't think Jack was capable of doing anything else. You can argue whether or not he had the intangibles to lead this franchise, if he deserved to be captain as early as he was, or if he deserved to be captain at all. But the guy night to night showed up and he produced. And he was the best offensive talent I have ever seen in a Sabres uniform. He can shoot the puck like the best of them. He can stick handle like the best of them. He can pass like the best of them. And he's the fastest guy on the ice almost every single night. It sucks that we're here. But I hope... I don't, I don't think this will ever happen because it's hard to look at and have a favorable, you know, a positive favorability rate when you look back on Eichel's career, even 10 years down the road. But I think there will be fans out there like me that will forever, will forever be bitter that they didn't win with him because he was good enough for it. And what I hope is that, I know the trade's got to happen. But what I hope is that a few years aren't going to go by, five to ten years, however long the timeline you want for this is, that years are going to go by and the Sabres will dig out of the basement and they will be respectable once again. But what is respectable? They were respectable ten years ago. They were respectable eleven and twelve years ago when they were trying to squeeze into the eight seed every year. When, remember the heroic run to 8th? That was respectable. You weren't a joke. But we all knew they needed the big, elite, first-line center. Or we weren't going to win anything. And now we've got the guy. And that's why it'll always be better for me. Because if they had got it right, if Murray had knew that he needed to build a blue line, and not patch it together with Cody Franz's and Josh George's. If Botcherill had known that you shouldn't trade O'Reilly, you've got bigger issues. If Housley or Bilesma had knew how to coach this team, really it's more about the roster, but the coaches play a part as well. If Middlestad had turned out, if Nylander had turned out, if any of the defensive prospects, Gooley had turned out, if Leonard had turned out to be better than he was. They had the guy that can put you from playoff contender to Stanley Cup contender, and they couldn't get him there. That's how I will always look at the Eichel era. Eichel was the player that the 2010-11 Sabres team needed to be a Stanley Cup contender. And by the time Eichel was that player, they didn't have the same level of players that their last playoff team did that needed Eichel. You had... Two eras that needed to come together. But they happened at different times. And again, my hope is that they find a center that can be as good as Eichel. Or close. Because the not the last thing I want. The last thing I want is the last five years. But one thing I just don't want to have happen, and I'm afraid will happen, is they'll get back to being a playoff contending team and... We will, again, go round and round and round trying to find a Jack Eichel. 
803-0550 is the phone number. I don't know why I'm giving up the phone number. It is 728. I've got to go. We've got the Stanley Cup final coming up next. Sorry, instinct there. Uh, normally going till 8 o'clock. But we've got a brief edition, a shorter edition of the nightcap tonight because we're going to have Lightning and Canadians for you coming up next. 2 nothing in the series. So thanks, everybody, for listening both earlier today and right now. Uh, I will be back at noon on Tuesday. I'll be filling in for One Bills Live on Tuesday and Wednesday again. So I will talk to you then. Enjoy your 4th of July, and uh, we'll talk to you next week here on WGR. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.